This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. In the big picture, this season is done with, and the only victories the Giant fans should want at this point are moral victories. Actual victories are a detriment. I think you lean into it and you re- and and you realize this team is not going anywhere until we get significantly more talented and the best way to do that is through the draft. That's the next important date. It's not against Washington, it's not the rest of this year, it's not the rest of the schedule. Their path forward is pretty clear cut. This is the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN. I want to get into the Jets, but uh, I have to let the audience in a little bit behind the curtain. And behind the curtain, what you realize working on this show is that Harvey Cruz is just a passive-aggressive jerk. He just he treats me as the host like I'm like I'm just like pond scum, in a way that he would never ever do to any other host. Can, can you tell the audience what you asked me when we got into break there a second ago? I asked you if, if you ever see the clock. I happen to, to be making a point, and the clock is, you know, certain segments, you have to get out at a certain time, certain top of the hour. For people that don't work in radio, you have to get out at a certain time. So I was a little bit over the time allotted, but it's the first hour of the show. It's not the third hour of the show. It's not, there's not another show which is coming up in this hour. It's not like we're at noon and Anita's getting ready to go and I'm taking up her time. No. The Knicks are not coming up at, at 10 o'clock. It's not like we're throwing to, to a game or something like that. I was over by 15 seconds. But you had to ask me in the most passive-aggressive way, can you see the clock? Yes, I saw the clock. I was over by like 15 seconds. I don't, I don't think that that's the worst crime in the world. All right, let's talk it out then instead of talking about the Jets. Do you want to uh, like do this again? Like, Do you want me to ask you in a nicer way? How do you want to be asked? Well, you could just say, you really don't have to say anything. Well, what, why do we have to say anything? I was over by 15 seconds. What's the big deal? What, what, what did you have to change based on me going over by 15 seconds? Well, look, I'm just striving for efficiency. Uh-huh. You know, I wasn't here last week. Okay, yeah. So Bailed I mean, on the show then. You uh, couldn't find anybody to take the shift this week, so you're stuck here. So what, what, what else you got? Look, I'm just trying to run a clean show with you. That's mm-hmm. it. No beef. Uh-huh. You know, you got to take it out on me for some reason i'm not sure why it was a passive aggressive move can you uh, uh by the way can you uh can you see the clock where where's that you just say please next time get out at the exact even though you're making a brilliant point i don't remember what it was but a brilliant point shorten it up so that i don't have to adjust anything on my end that's I'm, what you should say. i'm gonna be honest if uh-huh. even if i say that verbatim mm-hmm. you'll still find a way to take issue with it I, I don't know that I would. At least I would. It would not be passive aggressive. It would be. It would just be aggressive aggressive. If that's a thing, I'm not sure if it is. Double aggressive. Double aggressive. Yeah. I think I would prefer that. You prefer double aggressive or yeah, passive I would, aggressive? Yeah, I prefer. Yeah, I, I would much prefer get seeing the the knife coming at me than getting stabbed in the back. The is that way. is that like a fun fact about you? You rather just be like talked down to like that instead of just a. No, I would like to be spoken to directly. I wouldn't like to be. I don't like it to be this 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 veil of of passive aggressiveness like you had there before. Well, just like letting him. people know. People hear Harvey. Oh, Harvey Cruz. He's a, he's a nice guy. No. You would, you would never do this to any other host. Hey, could you see the clock from where you are? You know what? Well, you know what I'll do. Just because you mentioned that, mm-hmm. I will bring it up 
this entire coming week. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Like, everybody. Everybody who goes over by 15 seconds. Sure. Every, mm-hmm. every case that applies, mm-hmm. and I'll come back to you with a report. Okay. If I'm here, who knows? Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's turn our attentions to the New York Jets, shall we? Please. And, and, and look, we better get to it quick because I might get cut off mid-sentence if we run over time. You never know. We got to stick to the, the, the one show where the clock is, is, is in concrete. Set in stone. Uh, let's talk about Jets. Yes. Jets coming off that huge win against the Eagles last week. And as I said in the open, you'd have to say that was the best win of the Robert Sala era, right? I mean, like, what are the other contenders? You beat the, the, un, the previously unbeaten Eagles, uh, an organization that you had never beaten before, defending NFC champs, right? And the defense just simply played lights out. And, and you've now seen what the blueprint, like, how are the Jets going to win games? Well, even against the best teams, they have to win the turnover battle significantly, turn them over three times, turn the, the Bills over four times. So at the bye, you are sitting at three and three. And Jet fans with the bye now and three and three season feels reborn, feels skipping down the street, feeling like, hey, wait a second. The season is not lost. Just because we lost Aaron Rodgers four plays into the season, we got something to play for. So, look, for me, it's all about finding common ground. And the common ground, there's not a single person, Jet fan, Jet hater, anybody in between or anywhere in between that can argue with this point. At 3-3, three and three, there is absolutely no reason the Jets don't win their next three games. The next three games on the schedule, Giants in two weeks, Chargers, Raiders. Those are, if you are a playoff team, or if you are a team that's going to be playing significant games at the end of the season, with where you're at right now, with what you've got, with what you've seen through six weeks, there is no reason the Jets don't win all three of those games. I'm not saying you have to blow them out. I'm not saying you got to win 40 to nothing, but you got, you got to be able to beat the Giants you beat the Chargers and beat the Raiders. Now, the one game that you would say out of those three that's like different than the others, Giants are terrible. Raiders are not very good. You would say the Chargers. But that Chargers game's at home. And the Chargers are very well, like if you want to have any dreams of playoffs, and I'm not saying you have to, or any expectations of playoffs, I'm not saying you have to. But any team that, that you want to maybe compete against here down the stretch of the season, the Chargers might very, of those three teams, I would think that they are the closest to what a playoff team is. And I don't think that there's another team in the NFL that shoots themselves in the foot more than the Chargers. So much so, it's kind of hard to believe that they still have feet. Like they they, they are just shooting themselves in the foot week in and week out. And if coaching in any sport is getting the most out of the talent that you have, there might not be a worse coaching job than the one that Brandon Staley is doing with the Chargers. They get significantly less out of the talent that they have. You know, some coaching jobs, you can't win. They just don't have enough. Like Brian Dable last year, they won nine games. Good for them. But it's like at this point, it's almost impossible for him to, to get something out of the team. The team's just not talented enough. And there's a lot of situations like that. New coaches taking over bad situations. Sometimes you don't get enough time to turn the situation around because it just stays the same and you get fired very quickly. The Chargers' job is not one of those situations. They have more than enough talent to win 
and weaken consistently as an organization, year in, year out. They get, Brandon Staley's the latest one, but it's like the Chargers always seem to get less out of the talent that they have, significantly less. So from a Jet point of view, again, no excuses. The Jets, after nine weeks, or I guess 10 weeks because they had the bye, after the next three games, the Jets should be 6-3. and three. And I, I know what people go, oh, you're, Dol- you're just trying to say this because you're Dolphin fit. I'm not putting a playoff mandate on it. I'm, I'm saying just simply with what you're looking at right now, I don't think you can have a playoff mandate when you're playing exclusively with a backup quarterback. So I'm not saying they have to make the playoffs or anything like that. But the three games that they have, Giants, Chargers, and Raiders, no reason why they don't win those games. Fair? I think that's fair. All right, let's get to two other things with the Jets. The coach and the quarterback. Remember when the Jets beat the Broncos? And they were celebrating that win, and Robert Sala had the the handshake with Sean Payton. What did he say to Sean Payton? Do you remember? They picked it up. He said, stay humble. He said to Sean Payton, stay humble because of Payton's comments about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett and all that stuff. Robert Sala might want to take his own advice. His line after uh, last week's game against the Eagles, that the Jets' defense has embarrassed every quarter. The Jets, as an organization, talk more than any organization that has done nothing. Like last year, oh, we're taking receipts. How did that age? How did that turn out? And I get it. Like, players say things like that. Like, when, the, when they were saying about this could be like the Bears. Deep, yeah, they're young guys. They're emotional guys. That's to be understood. You would think Robert Sala, after the last couple of years that he's had, he would take much more of a walk softly and carry a big stick kind of approach. Not be uh, shooting off at the, 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 at the lip every chance that he gets. So for someone who just the week before was telling someone else, hey, stay humble. If the Jets' seasons, the way they've got, especially last year, right? Hey, we're taking receipts. We're 5-2. and two. How did that age? I don't know. I would just think that for an organization that's not experienced a whole lot of success and a coach who's not experienced a whole lot of success, you kind of keep that one in your back pocket. You keep that one and, and mention it to the team, maybe not in public. Because, again, that's not going to age well. There's no, there's no point that you're going to look back and say, you know what, that was a really good idea to come out and say that the Jets embarrass quarterbacks every step of the way. Then there's a quarterback that, that's not playing, but it would almost seem like he is. And the amount of attention for a guy who has not played since the fourth play of the season. Aaron Rodgers, was it Monday? Tuesday, whenever he does his weekly spot on the, on the McAfee show, he uh, came out and, and seemed upset that anybody would put a timetable on his return. Quote, makes absolutely no sense to have a specific timeline for his return. He's not happy that people are putting a timeline on, on a possible return for him. Who, who would do such a thing? Oh, that's right. It was him. It was him. When he went down, what was the story? He, he, he tore his Achilles, done for the season. When did that change? When he went on McAfee and said, hey, give me all your, direct quote, give me the doubts, give me the timetables, give me all the things that you th- think can, should, or will happen 
because all I need is the one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. So give me your doubts, give me your prognostications, and then watch what I do. So if he's upset about anybody putting a timeline on a possible return this year, he should be blaming himself. <laughs> he was the first person to put a timeline on it. You can't have it both ways, Aaron. Not even you can have it both ways. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. Coming up, more of your Jets uh, and the Giants and everything NFL-related. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. He treats me as the host like I'm just like pond scum. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's uh, run through these calls because uh, I don't want to run out of time in this segment either. Let's uh, start things off with Sal is in Brooklyn. Sal, what's going on, my friend? What up, Gordon? Good morning. What up? Hey, listen, Aaron Rodgers, we got to start calling him the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your, your weak, your poor, your huddled masses, and that's all I need for incentive to get back on there. He's like Houdini. Don't listen to what I'm, what I'm, how I am. Just listen to what I tell you. And, and Robert Sala, real quick, he's got to heed, heed his own advice. No doubt about it, man. When, when, when you're going to tell somebody else to be humble and you're going out there telling people that uh, we embarrass quarterbacks, shame on you. Real, real quick, I think the next three games for the Jets, the Giants is going to be their toughest game. If that defense that showed up in Buffalo shows up to play him with Wink Martindale's defense, with that scheme they're going to put together, Wilson's going to have a long day. That, that's just me. If that defense plays the way they did against Buffalo, and Wilson has absolutely zero chance of trying to trying to penetrate that defense right there, and it's going to be an ugly turnover battle ridden game, and then everybody's going to fall back off that wagon thinking this guy is the real deal because the team is three and three, and not because they're a quarterback. Gordon, always a pleasure. My All right, friend. Sal, thanks for the phone call. Day. Look, to me, the biggest concern about Wilson is just his health, right? Like he's not been a guy who's been able to stay healthy. And that really hasn't been the, the number one factor, but it has been a factor. Uh, so th- there's been times where he's taken hits and, and there've been big hits and I've been like, Ooh, is he get he's gotten up. Okay. All right. Uh, that to me would be the biggest thing. And you're right. If, if the giant defense were to, to play like they did uh, against the bills, that could cause problems. But on the flip side, the jet defense going up against that offensive line, which it's kind of hard to believe it's going to be that significantly healthier or that significantly better, that should be a, an ability. That that should be a, an opportunity for the Jets to to feast defensively. Uh, so as much concerns as you might have going up, uh, Zach Wilson going up against the the uh, the Giant defense, the 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 other side of things would be uh, more of a concern. Uh, and and Daniel Jones, if he's back, if he's healthy, or whoever the quarterback is with that offensive line going up against the Jet defense. That would seem to be a greater area of, uh, of focus. Let's go to uh, Dave is in the car. Dave, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, what's up, Gordon? Hey, what's going on, man? Listen, I want to start off by saying, you know, I agree with what um, Robert Sala did because at the end of the day, what you prove on the field, if you want to talk your talk, go right ahead because y'all feed off of that. And that's the problem is that y'all try to get anything when these guys go to the podium and they talk. And then it's like when they talk that coach talk, oh, y'all get nothing out of them. And then y'all get frustrated. Like when Coach Dable went to the podium and sat there and gave y'all absolutely nothing. But then when y'all see him on the field and he's ripping on Daniel Jones or he's ripping 
on Tyron Taylor. Y'all rip him to shreds. He's a coach. That's what he's going to do. If he's going to sit, he's in the heat of the moment and he's upset. He's going to sit. No, he's going to sit there and be all nice. And no, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where it happens. If it happens on the field, if it happens at practice, that's just what it is. You're getting paid all that money to do your job. So what if somebody sits there and screams at you because you didn't do your job? So at the end of the day, that's why. Why do you think it's so hard to play in New York? Why? Because of the media. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. This ain't no play play. This is football. So if you got you if you want to be soft, then you, you go somewhere else. Go to a different sport. You you ain't built for this. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, that's why I'm like, man, when I hear y'all talk about, oh, uh, you, you should have never screamed at him like that. And, and he, I'm like, you know how soft you sound? Like, seriously. Like, I'm, 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 I, I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm, I'm right, done. Well, look, I, 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 I mean, in fairness, I haven't said anything about Brian Dable. And I haven't said anything uh, negative about him yelling at the sidelines or uh, the end of the first half. Uh, I do think that's mostly on him. But his reaction to it uh, is not something that I have focused on. So, uh, and look, you're right. A lot of people feel like, hey, talk your talk. And, and, and if you want to do that, that's fine. When it blows up, in your face, like it did last year with him keeping his receipts, just remember that. And, and I would just think for a coach who 40 games into his NFL coaching career is 14 and 26 and is a week removed from telling someone else, stay humble, I would just think that that would be, if you want to tell your team, great. If you want to do it behind closed doors, fine. And if this were something that it was just kind of overheard in a private conversation, I'd give him a pass. But he came to the podium and talked about how his defense is just embarrassing quarterbacks. I don't know. I just feel like that has a, a real potential to kind of blow up in his face and, and make him look uh, silly. Especially when a week ago he's telling someone else, hey, stay humble. Stay humble. Uh, Danny is on Long Island. Danny, what's going on? Good morning, Gordon. How are we doing today? I'm good, Danny. What's up? What you got? Just heard that they're going to rename Saturday. Just call it Rain. It's going to be known as Rain That's from it. now on, just to let everyone know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's funny. You listen to the Jets, and I have a little different view as to, you know, I had two really nice efforts against the Chiefs and the, uh, the Eagles. But in both games, the other team got out to a significant lead. The Chiefs looked like they were going to blow the doors off, 17 nothing. I believe it was still the first quarter. And it's almost like because they believe that the Jets' offense is so inept, Mahomes started throwing up balloons, and, and the Eagles, it just didn't look like they were going into the game in the second half with the same mentality they would have if they were going to be playing against a team whose offense they feared. And then they, and then they made a few mistakes, and the Jets, to their credit, responded and nearly won both those games. They, they won one. So I don't think I, – I think that, that's what transpired there, and – I don't think they're as good as people think they are. The offense, you know, like you said, how many, you can't go into games needing four turnovers and then barely winning. But it's funny because when I look back at this Rodgers injury, the only team in the AFC, we talked the whole summer about the AFC, the only team in the AFC that's playing as advertised in August is your Miami Dolphins. Everybody else is in disarray, including the Chiefs. They have no wide receivers. They don't look good. Buffalo – Immature quarterback. I don't trust the coach. Cincinnati will be good, but they had injuries. Jacksonville won a game tonight, but they haven't looked good. So the injury to Aaron Rodgers every week to me looks more and more tragic where it was right there for the Jets because 
everybody else is not as good as they thought they were going to be. That's why the Jets are in it. My Steelers are mediocre at best. If they win against the Rams this weekend, they're in first place coming home to play three losing teams at home. So, like, everybody's in it at 500 now because of this expanded playoff. And really, uh, I don't I don't understand. There's just no seven, you know, other than your Dolphins. So the Jets, yes, the Jets are in it. Enjoy the bye week. But it's just a very weird year so far in the National Football League. That's all I can – I look at these teams, you don't know what the hell you're going to get on any given Sunday. And that's even the top teams. The mediocre teams like the Jets or the Steels, you, you don't know what's going to happen from play to play. But – even the top teams are so topsy-turvy, it's just really a weird season. That's it. Yeah, Danny, I, I, I appreciate the phone call. I mean, the Chiefs have not uh, – I mean, they're still 5-1, and one, uh, and I would see there are times in the course of the year, and we've seen this in previous years with them, where they kind of lose a little bit of focus in games. They take their foot off the gas pedal, but they're still sitting at 5-1. and one. But you're right. The AFC was thought to be this year um, – Boy, making the playoffs, all these great teams, it really hasn't turned out that way. Bills have been very up and down. They've had a lot of injuries now on defense, so you have to see how that's going to impact them. I still think that they're going to be a very good team. Ravens are off to a good start, could could clearly be 6-0, and so they're really good. We thought that there was going to be one team out of the AFC South, which was the Jaguars. I don't know, maybe the Texans can threaten there, but it, clearly the Jags are the, are the class of that. Uh, but it's not as deep as we thought. The Chargers haven't been as good. The Bengals have been banged up, as you mentioned. So it does seem a little bit more uh, wide open than uh, in years past. Manny is in Flushing. Manny, go, my man. Hey, hey, Corey, how you doing? I'm good, Manny. What you got? Good, good. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to echo what you said about Robert Sollard. When you're 14 and 26, it's hard to to really talk to talk, especially when you're, like I say, when you're 14 and 26. But with that being said, I mean, listen, the Jets, you know, you can say they're improving, but let's see can they, take, can, they, can they improve for the next three games to prove a point that they could be a playoff team and, and moving forward. And, and, look, and, listen, we have seen guys who talk and talk, but they often don't, like, back it up. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, but, anyway, um, are you excited for this Knicks upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into the Knicks a little bit here, Manny, and thanks for the phone call. Um, yeah, uh, based on how the Jets – like, I don't think that the Jets have a playoff mandate or they have to make the playoffs or they're in playoff contention. It's just they have salvaged their season enough so that the season is not meaningless. And it kind of felt like uh, after losing to the Chiefs the way things were looking, no Rodgers, one and three, even with the Broncos up next, that it was – it, it kind of was hard to envision a scenario where there were going to be meaningful games down the stretch of the season. And now at least they have something to play for. And and with each of these weeks, these next three, if they're able to keep winning games, which they should against the Jets and the Chargers and the Raiders, then all of a sudden you work your way into that kind of conversation. But no, in terms of the Knicks, absolutely. I mean, this is the most Knicks-anticipated season since whenever. I, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Maybe since a couple of years ago which didn't go as well. Hopefully this time it goes better. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we got to get to break. Coming up, what I learned this week on TikTok. It's next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM. Harvey Cruz is just a passive-aggressive jerk. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Yes, it is. It is that time. It's 1030 on a Saturday. Well, roughly. We don't really believe in the clock here. Uh, Joe, you, your, your family has reached out to make sure that Harvey's okay, right? After that very uncomfortable segment earlier. Yeah, and shocking news. My dad gave me a text. So, Harvey, just know that you have somebody in my family who's looking out for you besides me. Has your father ever texted you about anything that's ever happened on this show before? This show specifically? Yeah. Uh, only during the TikTok segment. Interesting. And is, does he generally reach out with tips? For me, yes. Yeah. For you, no. He doesn't. He's only critiquing his son. So, what did your father text you exactly about uh, the, the the little issue we had earlier with Harvey being a passive aggressive jerk? His exact quote was, "What's up with Harvey?" That was uncomfortable. See, now the way I read that is that your father is a, is is basically admitting that Harvey's the problem. Is that the way you read it? I don't think you could read it any other way. Right. Exactly. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Let's move on. I'm on an island here, apparently today. Yeah. Might need to take a week off. Well, that's what happens when... Uh, uh, could you imagine if you had mentioned to somebody on the K-Show, hey, by the way, can you see with the clock where you are? Don't stop booing we, him! We, we'd, nev- we'd never... Harvey? Harvey who? That's what we'd be asking. I, by the way, I have, I've turned out... You ever be on TikTok and you just wind up on like a weird section of it? Like things that you didn't really... Like lately I have been on the hoof talk. Like hooves of, of cows and, and horses repairing injured hooves. I've learned a lot about uh, cow hooves and, and horse hooves. And I think, I think I've learned so much that I'm pretty sure I could fix hooves now. Have you ever wound up on a weird side of TikTok or is it just me? I saw a horse hoof TikTok mm-hmm. once, like, I want to say like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And all my days, it is quite the process. It is. They got like a sander they do. They got like a, like a, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a knife, but it's like. They peel something like yeah, right off the foot. Yeah, peel away at the hoof. It's very satisfying though when they fix it. They put that powder on it. They put the block on the other side and the, the cow or the, ho- the, the horse can walk again. Everybody needs like a, I was on uh, a, si- a side of, of TikTok where it was um, magnet fishing at one point. Which is people taking a giant magnet and throwing it into bodies of water and then pulling up what they find. And what they found generally was garbage. They found garbage. But they were they were excited about it. But all right, let's move on. This is what I learned this week on TikTok. You know how it works by now. I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app. It's because I learned such interesting but yet completely useless information. So I've turned it into this segment makes it useful where we'll give whoever works on the show that day today it's harvey we know and joe i'll give them four pieces of information they have to decipher what is the real thing that i learned this week on tiktok and what is just what i've made up in my own weird demented non-passive aggressive kind of mind so who's batting lead off today boys is it harvey is it joe who's going first i'll go all right why not? Oh, don't don't uh, don't rush to the front of the line there. All right, number one, Harvey. Uh, number one, eight of the ten largest statues in the world are of Buddha. The other two, one is the Statue of Liberty, and the other 
is of Superman. Number two, tyromancy is the practice of predicting the future with cheese. Number three, it takes roughly 1,200 grapes to make one glass of wine. Or number four, Uranus, or Uranus, is hit with more asteroids than any other planet. So to recap, number one, eight of the ten largest statues in the world are of Buddha. The others are the Statue of Liberty and one of Superman. Number two, Tyromancy is the practice of predicting the future with cheese. Number three, it takes roughly 1,200 grapes to make one glass of wine. Or number four, Uranus is hit with more asteroids than any other planet. See, see that last one might be some sort of innuendo that you're into. Apart from too many... Uh, I'm not into anything, buddy. Sure. I'm, I'm too busy watching hoof videos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Buddha statues. The Buddha statues? Yes. Number one. Locked in. No, I just made that up. God, you're <laughs> wrong. No, I don't even think eight of the ten largest statues... There's a bunch of them that are of Buddhas, but I don't think that eight of ten are. There's nothing of Superman in there. I just made that up. All right, so now you're down to three. Tyromancy, the practice of predicting the future with cheese, which sounds delicious. Number, I don't know if you eat the cheese. I don't know how it works. Uh, number two now, it takes roughly 1,200 grapes to make a glass of wine, which would go well with the cheese. Or number three, Uranus is hit with more asteroids than any other planet. Give me the grapes. The grapes, okay. Grapes. I love grapes. Which ones are your favorites, by the way? I think a green grape. I, it's weird oh. to me that we're still selling grapes with the uh, seeds in them. Like, we should have been a- if we could take the seeds out of the watermelon, we should be taking the seeds out of the grapes by now. You know what? Of everything you said today, and you said a lot, best point you made today. All right. So we're going to lock that one in. No, that's, uh, that's also made up. I think it's like 100 You grapes. big dumb idiot. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's uh, off the table. So now you're down to Tyromancy, the pra- practice of predicting the future with cheese. Or number two, Uranus is hit with more asteroids than any other planet. I'm going to go with this, and I swear to goodness, I'm only doing this because this is what you're into, apparently, now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with your Uranus getting hit by asteroids. Can we can we isolate that, Joe, when you get a chance? Uh, no, that's also made up. Come on. It's Anything wrong. with Uranus is always going to be made up, just so I get to throw that in there. No, it's actually Tyromancy is the practice of predicting the future with cheese. I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, that's what it is. All right, so there you go. Uh, all right, uh, Joe, you're next up. Have you? Uh, are you done checking in with all the members of your family to, to help you out on this segment? Yeah, we're good. All right, here we go. Number one, the original sound of doors opening and closing in the original Star Wars was a flushing toilet. Number two, moths have five stomachs. Number three, if you could, it would take over an hour to fall to the center of the earth. Or number four, you can tell the color of a chicken egg by looking at a chicken's earlobes. Whew. Um, so to recap again for the hmm. audience at home, you can play at home this, so you can, you can have your own favorites as well. That's the beauty of this game. Uh, number one, the sound of the doors flushing, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the sound of the doors opening and closing in the original Star Wars was made from a flushing toilet. Number two, moths have five stomachs. Number three, if you could, if it, if you could, it would take you uh, just over an hour to fall to the center of the earth. Or number four, you can tell what the color of a chicken egg is going to be by looking at the chicken's earlobes. 
I'm going to get the moths and the chickens out of here. Okay. So, you know what? Just because I'm a Star Wars fanboy, I'm going to lock in the, the Star Wars doors being flushing toilets. All right. Locked in. There it is. No, that's made up. There was that a, is incorrect. There was a movie of Star Trek, one movie where they did use a flushing toilet sound effect, but uh, that's not Star Wars. As anybody who's a fan of Star Trek will tell you. All right, so that one's off the board. So now you got the moths in the stomachs, which you've crossed out. You got the falling to the center of the earth would take an hour, which I think you still allowed. Uh, and then you have the chicken eggs uh, and the chicken earlobes. Since one was incorrect, I'm going to go with the other one. I think falling to the center of the earth would take about an hour. All right, lock it in. You need to dig a very deep hole for that. To... No, that's also... I think it would only take you like uh, like 20 minutes or something like that. It would not take that long. Because there's no wind resistance. You just you just fall right in. Uh, okay, so those two are off the board. So now you're now left with the two that you've crossed off, which always seems to happen. So you got moths have five stomachs, or you can tell the color of a chicken is going to uh, chicken egg is going to be by looking at the chicken's earlobes. I don't want to be looking at chicken's earlobes, so okay. give me moths with five stomachs. Yeah, you better tell your family they need more help. No, that is also incorrect. No, you can tell the color that a chicken egg is going to be by looking at a chicken's earlobes. And I got to be honest with you, before this segment, I didn't even know chickens had earlobes. But there you go. Now you know. All right, so now we're on to the uh, final question, which we switch it up. Not that the guys need it to be any more difficult than it's been already today, but this time there will be one true fact and three lies. No, excuse me. This time it's three true facts, and I don't even know how the game works. Three true facts and one lie. So now you have to spot the lie. You tried to spot the truth, now you're spotting the lie. All right, here we go, guys. You can team up on this one, as you always do, with very... Little results. Number one, ashtrays are still mandatory on airplanes, even though smoking has been banned on airplanes since the 80s. Number two, there was a town in Alaska which elected a cat named Stubbs as their mayor, and he served for almost two decades. Number three, Jim Varney, the actor who played Ernest in those movies, not only graduated from Yale School of Drama, but also spoke five languages fluently. Or number four, China has one time zone. So to recap, ashtrays are still mandatory on airplanes, even though smoking's been banned since the late 80s. Number two, a town in Alaska elected a cat named Stubbs as their mayor. He served for almost two decades. Number three, Jim Varney, the actor who played Ernest, not only graduated from Yale School of Drama, but spoke five languages fluently. Or number four, China has one time zone. I'm going to go with, I just drew a blank. You know, oh. I'm going to go with China and the time zone. All right, there you go. It's good to see that there's a high level of thing. It just draws a blank right out. All right, uh, he's, too, he's too busy focused on the clock. We're running long, so Joe, quicken up, please. I don't think uh, town in Alaska, Stubbs the Cat, I, I believe Stubbs the Cat is real. I don't believe he was the mayor of a town in Alaska. All right, locked one. in. Yeah, you're both wrong. Uh, no, those are both true facts. China has one time zone, and uh, there was a town in Alaska. I don't know the name of the town. I had it here a second ago. But there was a cat named Stubbs was the mayor, and he, 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 he passed away, unfortunately. But 
seems like a lot of times that there's cat facts. The cat always dies somehow. So I'm not sure how how that's factoring in. But now we're down to two. You either have ashtrays are still mandatory on airplanes, even though smoking's been banned since the 80s, or uh, the actor Jim Barney, who played Ernest, graduated from Yale School of Drama and spoke five languages fluent. I'm going with the ashtray. Ashtrays, okay. Joe, you going to go with Harvey or you going to go on your own? I'm going to jump in the ashtray with Harvey. Lock that one in. Oh, my God. This is a perfect game. No, you're both wrong. You've got everything wrong. No, Jim Varney, the actor who played Ernest, he did not graduate from Yale School of Drama. Boy, that would be... T- He's a very talented man, but no, he did not speak five languages fluently, nor did he uh, graduate from Yale School of Drama. But there you go, people. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now because of this segment, Joe Harvey, everyone else has learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Hey, could you see the clock from where you are? Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Very important I tell you this. Maybe more so than anything else that I tell you so far today. ESPN New York is celebrating the return of Knicks basketball with the Michael K. Show live from the Taylor Public House, which is just steps away from Madison Square Garden at 505 8th Avenue. Join the guys for hourly Nick opening night ticket giveaways and special guest appearances by John Starks and Mike Greenberg. Greeny's going to be there. Start your game night early with the K Show at the Taylor Public House this Wednesday starting at 3 p.m., and it's brought to you by John Starks Kia and Loyal Nine Cocktails. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Uh, we've been talking a lot of football so far today, and we'll continue to do so as the phone number I've already given. I've said it enough. I've said it enough already. But there was a couple other things that I wanted to hit on. One is this Michigan cheating scandal, which has been all, oh, oh my goodness, it's been big news. And like you ever, I'm not, as I said before, I am not a a huge college football guy. I went to St. John's. I didn't go to a school that really was was part of of college football and all that type of stuff. So I didn't get indoctrinated in it that way uh, up until the last few years. I haven't been a huge gambler that was looking to to make money with these college games all day and all night. So I didn't get into it that way. And then I got the NFL. Like, I got enough. I got enough on my plate. And I got a family. I can't sit there all day Saturday and all day Sunday and and just take on all this stuff. But the Michigan football scale, I saw the headlines. I was like, oh, my God, this this seems really bad. A, it's a cheating scandal, so that's never good. But then I, I started reading about it. And I kept waiting for it to get really, really bad. Even the way it's written about is really strange. The, the story in the post, the, head, the, 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 the lead is, a Michigan staffer with a military background is the alleged point person behind Michigan's sign-stealing controversy. And he is in the crosshairs of the NCAA's invested. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? So maybe we just don't know all the, 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 the different aspects of it. But it seems like this, uh, this, this, um, this staffer, what's his name? Stallions? What's his first name? I have it here somewhere. But he was going and, and, and scouting games ahead of time, which I guess is, is apparently not allowed. 
Connor Stallions, which is a perfect name for somebody who's like working behind the scenes. Connor Stallions. Like a, a soap opera actor. But I kept waiting for it to get really bad. But it seems like he went to games of upcoming opponents. I, I guess maybe he filled them, although it doesn't nobody has gone out and said that he absolutely was filming the sidelines to be able to to crack up. But like this comes up every time that there's one of these kind of cheating scandals. There's a reason why teams are using signals, right? So it's beneficial to the to your opponent to try to crack that code. That's always going to be beneficial for them to be able to do. And I don't know, maybe because I'm an outsider, with everything that goes on in college football, this is what the NCAA, I, I get it, it's a rule, and I, you have to have rules followed. But there was a line in one of the stories that, and, and it feels like the people are going to make this the point here at some point. This is where, there was a quote, here it is. This is worse than both the Astros and the Patriots. No, it's not. It seems like it's right in line. And it doesn't seem as revolutionary as when the Patriots were doing it. And it's certainly not to the level, at least of the details that are publicly known, that the Astros were doing, installing cameras and banging on garbage cans and everything else. Now, Joe, you're a huge Michigan fan. I think I know where you come down on this, but how concerned are you that this is going to derail your Wolverine season? Zero. Okay. Not even it. Not even one iota of a thought. We're taught. We're talking about something, and yes, it's been outlawed since '94. But we're not talking about Spygate, where they're you know bringing cameras to opponents' practices. We're not talking about the Astros, where they're using an Apple Watch or something to decode the signs and give it right. to the players using, on the field. It doesn't field. seem like they're using technology. It just seems like they're scout. I thought that that would be considered. Isn't that considered scouting? Like you go to the team's games and. I get maybe that the fact that you're staring at the sidelines the entire time, and maybe he is filming, but you're out in the public. Shouldn't you have greater, uh, a tougher signal to crack if that's the case? And also, like what's it. wrong with you know sending someone to go to the games to scout know. the opponent? Like, doesn't that seem like it's just natural stuff? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. And also, given things that happen in, in college football, although this guy does seem to be a bit of a of a kook. Uh, his um, his LinkedIn page, according to his bio on his LinkedIn account, he wrote that he attempts to employ Marine Corps philosophies and tactics into the sport of football regarding strategies and staffing, recruiting, scouting, intelligence, planning, and more. He went on and said, identifying the opponent's most likely course of action and most dangerous course of action is his skill set and identifying and exploiting critical vulnerabilities and centers of gravity in the opponent scouting process. Are you talking about the offense and the defense? Because you, you lost me there when you were getting into gravity and vulnerabilities. I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. It seems like uh, it's not nearly as, as bad as it's being portrayed, but who, who am I to say? It's a nothing burger is what it, it is. It does feel like it's a bit of a nothing burger. And, and people just love cheating scandals, so maybe that's part of it. I'm not sure. But it feels hard. It, it feels – and look, uh, in the big-time world of college football, it's like the old uh, Ken Patera line. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Uh, and I'm not saying you should cheat, and, and if this is against the rule. I will just say that, like, technology has changed here since 1994, right? Like you said that the rule has been in place since 1994. Shouldn't you have a process in place – 
with technology that you can make a more complex thing so that this guy this is, is not standing in the stands and, and watching things go down and, and being able to decipher? And I would think that that would be – I think that that's kind of on you at that point. Again, it's not the Astros. It's not the Patriots. If it's a rule bro, okay, fine. I think that there's a fine to be paid, and, and away you go. I don't think it's the uh, be-all, end-all that is being portrayed to be. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more into the football with the Jets and the Giants. We have our Week 11 picks coming up next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Uranus getting hit by asteroids. 